Hello, my name is Lucy Thunde, and welcome to another EBZ devotion. Yesterday, I, I continued the, uh, our topic of uh, daily quiet time with God and the necessity of it. And the primary objective, the vital ingredient of quiet time is to have an intimate fellowship with God. To establish an intimate relationship and first-hand knowledge of God, it is imperative to spend time with God, just like we do in any other meaningful relationships in our lives. Psalms 46.10, which I read the other day, God says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We need to be still. We need to be quiet. We need to be attentive. We need to listen carefully to be able to know who God is. And God pleads and says, Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. When we do not spend enough time with God because we are too busy, we miss out on the opportunity to encounter God intimately and personally. The goal is to engage in God's word, his presence, until his heart is revealed to us, until our heart is exposed. Many Christians today rely on their preachers, on their religious leaders to relay the message of God to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But such that their spiritual experience is then secondhand. And it is important to know even what you are being preached to, what you are listening to. You should be able to verify. You should be able to be in agreement with your leaders that that's the true word of God. So what does it say about your personal relationship with God if the only time that you receive his word or listen to his word is from others? Question, do you ever let someone else eat food on your behalf and then you say you're satisfied? If not, why then would you let someone else eat or receive nourishment from God on your behalf? Isaiah 55, 1-3 and verses 6 God pleads to us to come, to listen, and seek while he may be found. God says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, come by and eat. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. So we come so that God can feed us. He can take away our thirst and it is for free. We listen. We listen so we can eat what is good. We give ear to God so that we may live. We seek him and call on him while he's still to be found. So God offers us free nourishment that feeds and delights our souls. And how do we get this nourishment? Again, we are to come, we are to listen, we are to seek and call. God's salvation is freely offered, but we must in turn be willing to receive it. It's free, but we must be willing to receive it. There is no other way to take him in there is no other way to take in the living word. Jeremiah 15:16 says, When your words came, 
I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. It's nourishment from God. In Luke 10:38-42, Mary sat at Jesus' feet, listening to Christ the living word, and Jesus commended her for choosing what was better. Jesus says, a better place to be. And it is indeed a better place to be for all of us, sitting at the feet of Jesus and feeding on the word of God. Many read the Bible to accumulate knowledge for intellectual, intellectual purposes. And the main purpose of reading God's word is not to merely master the text, but to come to God and encounter him, the living word. Because the Bible is not an end in itself. That, rather, it's a stimulus to our interaction with God. Acquiring knowledge is not enough. We must move beyond information to seeing God and being transformed and shaped by his truth. And we can only do that if we are spending time with him while he is the one speaking to us through his word. Intentionally engage God in a personal way. Intentionally. Select scripture, read verse by verse, read paragraph by paragraph, even chapter. Read over and over. Read slowly, quietly, remembering God is there, present with you, speaking to you, disclosing his mind, his emotions and will. Reflect. Take time to reflect on what he is saying to you. Prayerfully, prayerfully contemplate as you think about every word until God's heart is revealed and your heart is exposed. Until your heart is pierced and you are delighted. Psalm 37.3 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Spending time with God should be delightful. It should be a, a beautiful, uh, joyful time. When you open up your heart delightfully to God, He will give you the desires of your heart. The psalmist is telling us to feed on God's faithfulness. Meditate on His goodness, His kindness, unfailing love. That will motivate you to love Him more. Psalms 48.9 Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Psalms 34.8 Say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Finally, it's not important how much time we spend at first. The most important thing is to start just start your quiet time and the Spirit of God will let you know where to go from there. And that's a quote from Mother Teresa. Just start and God will show you where to go from there. Remember our goal is to relish and delight in the Lord, as David says. To relish and delight in the Lord, as David says in Psalms 27, 4. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And as I said at the beginning, when we approach God and His Word this way, we are inclined to want more of Him. 
to spend more time with him than just the seven minutes, we suggested. When you taste the goodness of the Lord, you will want more of him. Augustine said, I have tasted thee, and now I hunger for thee. Do you hunger for God? Do you hunger for his word? The more of God's truth we know and obey, the more we hunger and thus for him. Psalms 42, 1, 2 goes, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? As the life of a deer depends upon water, so does our lives depend on God for nourishment, for him to take away our thirst. Those who seek him and long to understand him find never-ending life. Feeling separated from God, this psalmist wouldn't rest until he restored his relationship with God because he knew that his very life depended on it. Do you thirst for God? Do you thirst in God? Do you thirst for God? Do you delight in the word of God? Let us pray. Heavenly Father and our God in heaven, we thank you uh, because you are God. We recognize your sovereignty. We recognize your power and majesty. We recognize your authority. We recognize that you are our creator, our mighty creator, our maker, our ruler, and our sustainer. That your God who is unchanging. You are the God who was, who is, and who forever will be. You are a stronghold. You are a solid foundation. You are God Almighty. There is none like you, the one and only true and holy God in heaven. We worship you, we praise you, and we give you honor. And we give you thanks. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being called your children. We thank you because of the finished work on the cross by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit and for salvation. Thank you that we can come to you freely because you desire to have fellowship with us. Thank you, Father, because you simply love us and you're kind and you've shown us how much you love, you love us by sending your son into the world so he may die for the forgiveness of our sins. And now, Father, we ask that, Lord, in your mercy, you search our hearts and our minds and our souls, O God. Whatever you see in us, Father, whatever wicked way, whatever which is not pleasing in your sight, we ask that you forgive us, O Lord. Cleanse us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and make us acceptable in your sight, my Father. Father, we thank you for not in the gate of life, for all the good things that you do in our lives, and even for all the things that come our way, good or bad. We thank you, Father, because there's nothing that you do not know. There's nothing that is hidden from you. Thank you, Father, for provisions, for protections, for safety, for good health, for sound mind. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you bring in our lives, things for us to do, the jobs you've given us, the works you've given us, the families you've given us, and the purposes that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, even for those that have not found their purpose. Father, we know that you are going to lead them to that point. Father, we want to pray for our nation. We want to pray for our churches. 
We want to pray for our families. We want to pray for the destitute, the hungry, the poor. We want to pray for the sick. And we ask, my Father, that you meet all of them at their points of need, O oh God. You remember families when pray for peace in their homes. We pray for better relationships. We pray for uh, good health. We pray for uh, just joy uh, and unity in families, O oh God. For our churches, we pray that, Lord, and our nation, that you will convict our leaders in a special way uh, to realize that the authority they have is from you and that they will exercise that power and authority for the benefit of your people and the development of your nations, O oh God, and for your glory. For the poor, Father, we pray that you reach out to them, meet them, O oh God. Father, and they cry out to you, you will remember them that you provide and protect them, my Father. Father, for the sick, we pray for healing. For the bereaved, we pray, dear Lord, that you comfort them and bring them peace that surpasses all understanding. Father God, we pray all these things, knowing that you are God who hears and listens to us and who responds to our prayers. And we are coming in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen.